Welcome to Young Adults for Christ podcast. Uh, again, it is Brett France here, and I'm joined in the studio by... Sebastian. Amen, brother. It's good to have you. And yeah, just so glad that you've joined us again. This is episode six, and uh, we're going to be looking at today on how to prepare a sermon, or maybe a small talk that you might be giving at youth or young adults. If you're blessed enough to be preaching on a Sunday, that's cool. You probably don't need this podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably a bit further down the road than we are. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to be t- chatting about today, which I'm super uh, excited for. But before we dive in, Seb, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I can't complain. I think life is busy. It seems to seems to ramp up a bit. Like I was saying to to Mike Phillips in the office today, like on a in October, like life seems to be chilled. Then oh, November, December arrives, and it just goes. <laughs> so I I don't know. Like he said, it seems to be like that everywhere. Everyone just suddenly realizes that December's dawning. Yeah, and I mean, like December really is like a half month because the sixteenth. Everyone's gone. Yeah. And so if you want to get stuff done, it's got to be done now. Yeah, so like life is just super busy at the moment. But you know what? I think it's, it's nice when it's busy. Good, bro. Yeah. And are you going away at all in December? Um, I'm thinking of going to, to Durban for a little bit nice. after, like just after Christmas for a bit. Just oh, that'd be like go sit on the beach, not even see people. Just go like <laughs> sit at a house. Well, now your friends who listen to the podcast all know you're going to be there. So yeah. It sucks for them. Though, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice boy. Yeah. That's like and then man. Cape Town after New Year for a wedding. For a wedding. Which is really Very cool. exciting. Yeah. And you, you going anywhere? Uh, yeah, we actually just plan now. We're going to go down to Cape Town um, for a week. Uh, so I'm preaching at Rosebank on Sunday the 12th. Yeah. Then Monday the 13th, we're going to fly to Cape Town um, and then be there for pretty much a week I think we come back like the Tuesday evening oh, the next okay. Tuesday uh, get to see Ianthi and Izzy oh, and I haven't seen their new home that they're renting and also their puppy which is now just a full blown dog so <laughs> I see Marilyn's sister Ianthi uh, and we're so cool just to hang out with them um, yeah so I'm really excited for that and then we'll probably be in Joburg for the rest of it yeah. okay that's cool like my buddy well Seb this one came out of a random discussion that we were having in the preamble to a, I think <laughs> yeah. a previous podcast actually. Two podcasts ago. The two I think, podcasts yeah. ago. We were like, maybe what something we should talk about is how to prep a talk. And then literally a comment came up in wh- which where was the, the comment? Sa- it was the same the same podcast. I think we got a comment saying actually preparing a talk would be a really cool one for you guys to do it on. Okay. So, so here this we are. is one of our first questions received, which yeah. we've then done a pod- podcast on, which is super cool. So to um, anyone else who is listening to this, if there is something you'd like to hear us riff about for half an hour, <laughs> uh, post a comment wherever you're listening to this or send a message on the Young Us for Christ website. Yeah. Um, and we would love to do it because this is cool. I guess um, the last time we recorded the podcast, you were about to go and preach yeah. at youth, right? Yeah, I was preaching at youth and I did like a mini talk with you at, um, what's that mm-hmm. place called? Which squad 116. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Like we, we, we like kind of riffed at squad 116. So I think that like we both come out of a stage of like preparing quite a few talks. Yeah. So that's been cool. And I think, yeah, I mean, looking back at those, there's definitely ways we can, Im- I can improve mm. on how I prepare. Yeah. And I'm sure there's ways you can see r- need for repair. Oh, repair. Repair. I should repair repair the way I prepare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think on that, I think I want to start with a quote. Just throw it in there. And it's by Alexander White. And it says, 
only once did God choose a comp completely sinless preacher. Hmm. So I think as people that have the privilege to talk to people about God, yeah. I think it's that is the one thing we always have to remember. Like we're not perfect. We're not going to make the perfect sermon. We're not mm -hmm. going to be the perfect person because we are sinful. And God only ever chose one person that was sinless, and that is Jesus. Mm. And we have the privilege of talking about Jesus. So we need to realize that we're not going to do everything right. But we're there to just spread that gospel, to, to spread that good news of the sinless preacher. Mm. Oh, that's good. Oh. Yeah, I guess that's the basis of every sermon um, that we, I guess, want to talk, or well, that we would prepare, right? Is to say there is obviously a topic or a thing or a passage of scripture we're trying to understand better, help our, pe our hearers understand it and make the word of God relevant to them today. Yeah. But the, the, the foundational building block of that is to glorify Jesus in the way we preach, in the way we say things. Because um, I, I, one of the quotes you sent me, which I really liked, was um, it said that the test of a preacher is that his congregation goes away saying not what a lovely sermon, but I will do something. Mm. Right. And so like whenever we're prepping a sermon, we're always thinking like, how can I get this into people's hearts? How can I help them? But at the end of the day, Jesus is the person that we want to glorify the most, because if someone is going to do something after listening to our sermon, it's through the work and the power of the Holy Spirit and through yeah. um, what Jesus has done for them in their lives and his indwelling of them. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's really important that we do just glorify Jesus in absolutely everything we do. Yeah. And start with him. Like, I think... I don't think preachers forget it, but I think a lot of people don't realize like to prepare a, a talk is not a thing between you and a piece of paper. It's first of all, foremost, sitting and just spending your time with Jesus, quietening your heart, understanding where Jesus is with you. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to, to step into that space of the paper, you and Jesus. That's cool. To man. then start molding what is the final talk preach. Yeah. Well, I guess we kind of then, uh, well, I guess we're getting to now, how would you prep one? Because that yeah. sounds like the first step you would do. So again, I think to uh, everyone listening to this, um, we're going to really maybe just tell you personally how we would go about it and why we think some points are important. I've got a couple of books on the table with me, one by Andy Stanley, Communicating for Change, which I found really helpful um, when I read it a couple of years back. And another one I've been meaning to read, which I haven't read yet, which is Timothy Keller, Just Preaching. Um, and so two fantastic authors. Um, so I'll draw a, a couple of things. I haven't read, like I said, preaching, but I have read Communicating for Change. Um, and yeah, we're just going to talk a little bit about what it is to prep a sermon. And hopefully this blesses you. And next time you have to prep a talk, you would have gleaned something from this. Yeah. And I think like what we were discussing before is that there's no perfect way to prepare a talk, mm. to prepare a sermon. There's you are going to have your own way of doing it. There's certain guidelines we'd, we'd like to follow because we want to stay as close to God's word and stay on track for the majority of pre preparation. But I think if, if you speak to any preacher out there, their way of creating the talk or creating the sermon is definitely different to, yeah. to yourself, for yeah. instance. You, Brett and I will prepare very differently, but we'll hopefully come to a similar like mm. end point where we both feel 
like our sermons have hit they've landed <laughs> landed the plane as 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 richard likes to say <laughs> yeah All right, well then maybe um seb you can kick us off with what is the process you follow as clear and as, as succinctly as you can say it so i think for me it starts definitely with quietening my heart 100 percent, sitting down saying jesus come be before me be with me and and working and just praying with him because i think if you can't if you can't talk to Jesus, you can't talk to people. So sit and speak to Jesus about what you're going to talk about. But I think it it also my the way I prepare after the prayer is very or before the prayer because it would start to come in in the prayers. If I've been given a topic or a or a verse to preach out of, or if I've been given free free reign to to preach on whatever I would like, and I think. When, when we are given something, it's not, I wouldn't say easier, but it's, it's a starting point where you can say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to speak on Matthew 28, 19, mm-hmm. which is the Great Commission. And like, then you can pray into that mm-hmm. verse specifically from the word go, and you can ask Jesus to speak to you in that space and talk to you. Whereas if you're not given anything, you've got to spend that time in prayer. You've got to, to quieten your heart. You've got to really come close to Jesus and you've got to, and it's not a day. It's not something that's going to happen in a day. It's something that you've got to start processing, like a week or two weeks before mm. you even think of preparing. Is Jesus? What is? What would you like me to talk on? Mm. Like what? What do you see fit? And he's not going to say, "My son, this is exactly what you must talk on." But he'll, he'll, I think, open your eyes. And this especially, that's what happened with the last youth talk for me. Was he opened my eyes to what was the struggle or what was going on around? at the time and where and I then spoke into that mm. so we had I, w- I preached the week before at youth the week before what we called a step up day so that was something where we were inviting new people into our community so I, I already knew okay cool we need to start preparing their hearts for, for acceptance of new community in and around them but then also like I, I had seen around like the impact of social media on on the youth around us. I mean, we had people doing TikToks at youth, like they were making TikToks and they dropped the one guy on his head and stuff like that. So like you start to realize how like God opens your eyes to the different things that mm. he wants you so to talk So you've been on. burdened by seeing something and thought, what does the word of God say into the situation? Exactly. Let me go that way. Yeah. Okay. And then, so, but that can, comes through opening your heart to Jesus allowing that to to your yeah. eyes to be open to those situations yeah. so i definitely sit in for for as long as i can some prayer and some time with jesus on what i'm going to talk about and then once you've got your topic once you've got your verses then it comes to okay let's do research on these topics on these verses let's see the background the context and understand sometimes reading deeper going behind the words seeing what the original word was in greek or hebrew and then seeing how it's been translated and going from there then once you've done your research then you sit down and you and you pray again and you're like okay i'm gonna write this now so it's you a piece of paper and jesus Mm. and you and you just start you start writing down all your ideas Mm. or for me at least i start writing down all my ideas okay cool i've got my ideas now then it's me paper and jesus again and then i write what i i write very how I write on the piece of paper is how I talk. Mm. That's how it works for me. So I would literally, I would just 
write as if I'm talking to someone about that. And then it normally it would because I'm not writing conversationally, I'm writing talk it like talkingly. Mm-hmm. So it normally comes together quite nicely then because I've got my ideas, I've got everything, and I've got all the research I've done sitting in the back of my brain. Yeah. And I just sit there and I just, I've heard someone say like, take the download into expression. <laughs> okay. And yeah, like that's literally how I do it. And then, and then it, I mean, I always find it helpful to send, send my, my first draft after that, uh, after I've written it down, send my first draft to to someone like Brett, to someone like that I trust, mm. and I just say, "What do you think?" And then they give me some pointers, and I go back and I do draft two. And then after draft two, that's when you must start like preparing because you should be nearly landing the plane at draft two, yeah. if not even landed the plane. Yeah. And then what I find helpful found helpful the first time I did it was I did I did my talk before to. Brett and Riz and like they gave me pointers of how I said things and where I should maybe okay bring this section to the beginning rather than in the middle and like just did a few things and then you go from there and you just start you start you pray and you just start yeah. asking God to write those words on your heart and then it, and then it happens like then you get to where you're preaching or you're talking and it just it flows like nice. Jesus Jesus lets it flow because Hopefully you're using his words mm. as much as your own words to to speak to these people, right? Nice, bro. Yeah. Very good. Oh, and how do you how do you how would you say you prepare? I just make it up. I'm just make it up. I oh. just rock up on the day and say Vrapa. the true definition of roofing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so people do know this weird word that we I don't know where we started like how it came about. But we said it on one podcast and then old Bradley came and tuned us about like it's the new old man word. Because before that, my old man word was kiff. And so now it's it's our new word and we're using it a lot. So Brad, shout out to you. Thanks for making us old and cool. I mean, we were always cool. We Uh, just got older. Just got old. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Seb, so for me, how I prepare talk, um, quite similar to you. And it it kind of varies, right? So like a young adult's talk on a Wednesday night uh, where I'm trying to go no longer than... Well, between 15 and 20 minutes, mm. 20 minutes being the very top level of how long I talk for, that I'll give maybe like four hours from inception to talking. Yeah. And like try to keep it very short. Um, not even writing, like writing time in that is maybe only half an hour yeah. in that space. But then like a sermon on a Sunday, that's just like, I'm still not quite there yet to you know, being able to craft like a 35 minute talk and well-polished sermon. And so that takes me quite a lot of work mm. and a lot of rehashing and saying it to Marilyn and then getting it changed and all this stuff. So, but I think the general process that I follow, so again, different pr- approaches. So either you're given a text, like you said, or you're given a topic and then you mm. find a text or it's whatever you want. So you find a text. Mm. And I, what I appreciate about what you said is it's the same thing about f- going to a text and then letting that text guide you. Because I think so often what happens is we have a thought or an idea and then we make that the basis of our sermon or yeah. the basis of our message. And then it's really just my ideas and my thoughts crowbarring a couple of scriptures in there, but then they're carrying on with my thoughts. Um, and you know, then I'm really just telling you what I think, not what the mm. Bible thinks. Um, and I think that like, if, whether you're expository preaching or topically preaching, the text of the Bible still needs to drive whatever you're saying. So I, I like that you said find a text. So once I've found the text, though, 
So um, what I do first is I get different versions of that text. So generally what I'll do is um, ESV is kind of what I read personally. NIV is something that we often use here at the church. It's the Bible that I often preach out of. Um, and then I quite enjoy the NLT. I think it says it quite nicely. I also get, I'll take the message version just to read mm. it in a completely different way. And then um, uh, sometimes like I'll just say, like, how does the King James Version say this? You know, so I try to get about five different texts from like thought on thought in the message all the way down to like word for word in like, um, you know, more ESV side of stuff. Yeah. Then I just literally read over every version a whole bunch of times looking for text and stuff that is getting repeated and stuff that is standing out to me and seeing how one um, version puts it versus how another version puts yeah. it. Uh, seeing where the interpreter, um, the translators maybe are putting emphasis because um, they obviously know way more than I do. Yeah. So I look for ideas and repetition. Then what I do after that is I just write what I think. I'll write maybe a couple of thousand words on what I think on that text. Then what I'll do is I'll go read what other people think. Uh, so commentaries, uh, maybe listen to a couple of sermons or a podcast on it and just get ideas of what else is out there. Yeah. Um, and then once I've done what I think, heard what other people think, then come and write my message in full. Um, so now I'll have like thoughts, I'll take my thoughts um, from the text and applications that I've found, maybe a couple of stories that help illustrate some stuff. That's what my sermon will consist of. And then practice it. Uh, yeah. And often in the practicing, when I realize some stuff doesn't work well, I'll say to Marilyn, she's like, Yo, bro, you've completely missed it. Go back. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's generally how I follow it. Yeah. Um, but there are some, there's some, maybe I think there's some weaknesses in the way I do it. Uh, like that's kind of the habit I've formed. Um, but there's some really like these books that we're going to refer to in just a second that um, I think have really clear and easy ways to write. Well, not easy. Writing a sermon is never very easy, but like clear like uh, roadmaps for yeah. you to follow. But I just wanted to share this. I thought this came from our senior pastor, Lee Robinson, uh, before Richard. Um, but it turns out that's actually a quote from Alistair Begg. Um, uh, Richard helped me find it. So I thought it was Lee. I thought Lee said it, but um, Lee did say it, but he got the idea from Alistair Begg. And this is what he says when it comes to writing a sermon. He says, first, you think yourself empty. Then you read yourself full. Then you write yourself clear. Then you pray yourself hot. Then once you get out there, you be yourself, but don't preach yourself. Sure. And I thought those That's five steps cool. were really good. So think yourself empty. All right, God, what does this text say? What do you want me to say to the people? Yeah. What does this topic mean? Just think about it. Dream. Just fool your brain with your thoughts. Because I think that's really important. Don't just write what other people think. You know, no. don't just copy another sermon. Like, you know, don't just see what did Andy Stanley say on this? Or what did Tim Keller say on this? Or exactly, what yeah. did John Piper say on this? And then say that. Like, that's not helpful. So think what do you want to say about this text? Then go and read what other people say about this. Yeah. So you're filling your brain with educated people. Uh, and then you write yourself clear. Sit down and just write it all out. Then you pray yourself out and then get up there and preach. So I thought those were five quite nice little steps on how you can prep a sermon. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, anything else from your side say before I start talking about some good practices from other preachers? I think like just sub, like in all of this, like being open to criticism in, in like the different stages of your, of your preparation. Because I think you have the privilege of having a wife who you can say it to mm. at home. But like 
I, I come and I say to, to you, I say to people, right? I give it to people to read over. Like, there's always going to be, like, you're not going to be perfect. You're not perfect. You're going to have some mistakes. And I think the criticism is not bad. It's, it's there to help you. So be open to criticism. What you've written is not always going to be 100%. And as long as you you realize, like, these people are doing it because they love you, they want to help you be, like, do your talk better, like, it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in all of it, like, don't hold what you've said on the piece of paper before, you're, before you stand up and say it, like, too, too much as, mm. this is perfect, this is what I'm going with, I'm yeah. saying this. Yeah. Because it's not always, like, it might feel like it's perfect in your brain but when someone else reads it and they realize like this this concept doesn't really make 100 sense yeah you like, haven't finished that thought or yeah you haven't yeah correctly like unpacked that for me exactly yeah. like then, that, you know, that's what i often find in my brain it made sense yes but when i say it to someone they're like what exactly <laughs> yeah and i think that criticism is not a bad thing it's a good thing because yeah. it's helping you to convey your message mm. so just also be open to criticism because i think we as humans aren't always open mm. to criticism. We we see criticism as a as a negative yeah. in our life, but I think in a space like this where you where you're preaching the word mm. of God, it's like criticism is not a bad thing. It's a it's a positive, and you can you can use it to better your talk. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think on that, I think it'd be really good to us. So I've put two books over at the back, but I'm just moving forward. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can now see them closer. Um, <laughs> But if you're listening, uh, so there's yeah, a book that I read when I was first starting out called by, from Andy Stanley called Communicating for Change, um, which I found really helpful um, just in how to structure a text. Yeah. And like I said, the preaching one from, it's just called Preaching from Tim Kelly. Haven't, Tim Keller, Tim Kelly. I haven't <laughs> read it yet, but um, I wrote down a couple of ideas that I took from the index and stuff for us. I think we're both going to be fighting for that book when we leave here today. Re Seb, you can read it because I know I'm going to take a while to read it. <laughs> so you can take it out of here. Um, so yeah, I just, but I thought on Andy Stanley, um, so this is like a, a process that he follows uh, in his talks. And if you listen to his talks, you actually know. So I, I know Andy Stanley can be a controversial figure for some people, um, but I think he's one of the greatest communicators and leaders yeah. out there. Um, he communicates so effectively. And like I do genuinely remember a lot of the stuff he's told me about the Bible mm -hmm. through his sermons. Um, and he's a really great leader. I love listening to his leadership stuff. So he's a, yeah, I enjoy him. And his whole focus is creating churches that unchurched people love to attend. So his focus whenever he comes to a sermon is how can I make an unchurched person interested in Jesus and yeah. the gospel? Um, and so, so cool. yeah, it's cool. And so this is what he goes. He, so he says, the first question he says, what do they need to know? And then the next question he says, why do they need to know it? And then the next question he asks is, okay, well, what do they need to do then? And then the next question is, well, why do they need to do that? And then uh, he asks him, how can I help them remember this? Mm. And so the basis of that is he, there's information. So what do they need to know? Then there's motivation, why they need to know it. Then there's application, so what do they need to do about it? And then there's inspiration, mm. why they need to do it. And then there's reiteration, how can I help them remember? So that's, those, those are the five things that he follows. And then he rewords it into this kind of process. It goes, 
But when he preps his sermon, he takes that after. So that, that's how he'll like, approach a text. Like, what do they need to know? Why do they need to know it? All that kind of stuff. And then he says, he follows this kind of roadmap. He goes, me, we, God, you, we. All right. And so first up, he goes, me, like, where have I seen in my life this thing? Okay. So it makes it relatable. Yeah, it's stories. Like, yeah, stories. And it breaks down that barrier. Uh, and so he goes, me. Then he goes from me to we. So he says, maybe you have experienced this as well. Maybe mm. you sitting here today and you think or you felt or you have been or whatever. So he's now let people into his life and now he's got people thinking about their lives. Then he goes, okay, well, God says something about this. So he goes to scripture and he sees what God has to say about this feeling or this thing. And then from the, the God, he goes back to you. So now there's no longer me and we, it's you, because yeah. God wants to transform you. So he, he applies the text to a you. Okay. And then he moves from there back into the inspiration part of we. Like imagine a world where we all did this. Yeah. Imagine a world where like we applied the word of God. And so that's how he structures his sermons. It goes, me, we, God, you, we. So next sure. time you listen to Annie Stanley's sermon, you'll hear that formula every time. He opens the story. Cool. He says, have you not felt this? Well, there is a guy. God said this. Then he says, well, what are you going to do about that? And he says, now imagine a world where we all did that. Sure. That's how he preaches. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite cool. And I think, I think of that, the only really thing I've listened to of Andy Stanley is the one about like that series he did on relationships. Well, not a series. I think it was one talk where he said, what was it called? Are you the person the person you're looking for is looking yeah, for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, it's stuck in your head. <laughs> eh? Yeah, like that sermon is, and I mean, that, let's be honest, that, that like opener or that, what's it called? The intro. No, the, oh, the catchphrase. Heading, the heading or catchphrase yeah. is so like powerful. Well, not powerful, it's so keeps your brain thinking of it yeah because are you the person person you are looking for is looking for yeah like your brain's like hold wait, it wait, hold what? up what did you just say and oh so you're saying i need to work on myself before i tell someone what they need to do exactly wild <laughs> yeah so like and that's i think that's also an important part is creating a catchy like mm. talk heading talk yeah, and that's what the last one, how can I help them remember? And he yes. goes reiteration or rhyming. Like Richard likes to use like an alliteration in his sermon yeah. or something like that. Yeah, how yeah, can I help so them remember it? And I think he does a good job at like naming his topic. Mm, and he like wordsmiths things. Yes, yeah. exactly. So I, I've always found Stanley to be great. Um, again, his target is like a younger Christian audience. But yeah. I think even more senior Christians, we can learn a lot from him. Then I just want to quickly read you the contents for Tim Keller's book on preaching. If you are watching, this is what it looks like. Uh, but it's really, really nice. It's called Communicating Faith in an Age of Skepticism, which I thought was a really clever like little catchphrase. But um, So he goes on, so serving the word is part one. Part two is reaching the people. And then part three is in demonstration of the spirit and of power, remembering that the Holy Spirit is the person who is going to change people's hearts yeah, at the end through our preaching you. so obviously it starts with the word because if you like we said got to start a text if you're just preaching you're preaching your ideas you've yeah. got to come to text first then he talks about preaching the gospel every time which i thought is fantastic like you've got to land in the gospel i think every time you preach because the jesus is there in the old testament the gospel's there and yeah. now when you preach as well like what what does how does the gospel change shape or how does the gospel shape what i'm talking about 
Um, then we preach Christ from all scripture. So something you said about glorifying Christ and all that we preach. Then preaching Christ to the culture, which is, uh, and that's where we go from taking a 2000 year old book and applying it to today. Yes. Like it's always relevant because it's the word of God. So yeah. how do we take 2000 years and make it today? And then uh, he talks about preaching in the late modern mind and then preaching Christ to the heart and then preaching and the spirit. So, Seb, you're going to be reading this book. Yes. You're walking out of here and you start reading it. Maybe you can give us some feedback in one of the yeah, next podcasts about it. I've been excited it. to read that for a while. But yeah. it's, I, think, I think Tim Keller may be one of the like, most amazing preachers and writers of our time because of the influence that his church has had in this kind of post-Christian era yeah. in New York City. It's grown, it's huge, and people have come to faith through it. He's so relevant, but yet so true to the scriptures. Yeah. So I'm really excited to hear how the book goes, and I think it might be a December read for me. Yeah, hopefully I can finish it before December then. I'm going to make you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, talking. so the one part that like stuck out for me in all of that was the making the text relevant to, to today. And I think just thinking back to, I can't remember exactly where the verse that I preached out of now, but it was that my last talk at um, youth. And I'm sure it was in Hebrews, but there it said, like, it was very clear that people back in the day, people were were making it habit not to come to church. Um, uh, Hebrews... Hebrews I can, 10. I can find it very quickly. I don't uh, know. It's Hebrews on my 10, 25, I think. Yeah, yeah, like, don't make a habit out of not meeting together. Some of you ha- are. Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Ooh, and let I us consider 10, 17. I was close. how to yeah. stir up one another to love and good works. <laughs> <laughs> if you are watching this... We apologize for the darkness. Uh, ESCOM has just hit us. We're waiting for the generator to kick on. But luckily, everything else is still on the UPS. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, you can still hear us. It's just the lights that have gone. Yeah. So it, let me restart. Okay. So it's Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day draw near. Mm. So I think there... The part that really sticks out to me and that makes us like realize like how relevant it is, is where it says, not neglecting to meet together, mm-hmm. as is the habit of some, yeah. but encouraging one another. Mm. Like I think we see that in our communities still today. We see that like people find it easy to not come to church. Yeah. And Paul speaks about this 2,000 years ago. Mm. It wasn't just today it's not yeah. just us it's covid we don't want to really go to church mm-hmm. all this like people back then also had that struggle of of not wanting to be yeah. around people all the time yeah. but it is our job as other believers to call those people back yeah and i think that like that shows the relevance is like, the issues back then Mm. Are still the issues today. Yeah. Just they look different. They just look different. And I think we spoke about that in is the Bible. Uh, well, the first Bible podcast, relevance. Bible yeah. relevance. So you spot on. The Bible is relevant today. And part of our job as a preacher is to help make it relevant yeah. when we prepare a talk. I think ESCOM is telling us we should wrap this talk up. Yeah. So I think before, <laughs> before we wrap up, um, just a couple of texts like we've got. Obviously, I think 2 Timothy 4.2 is a well-known one. That we have to preach the word and be ready in season and out of season to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. 
So like there is this, like we're called to preach the word yeah. of God in, in that way. Um, and then uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 23, Paul writes, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. You know, so again, Paul's talking about our preaching. We are called to preach. And yeah. then uh, again in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 2, uh, Paul writes this, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Again, I think just that, like, whenever we preach, whatever the topic, we've got to bring Jesus in mm. and the fact that he was crucified for our sins because in that there's the good news that your sins are paid for. Yeah. And uh, we can come to him as as just meek people saying, God, here I am, help me. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I think for me, I think there we've we've mentioned a lot of like places where it says we need to preach we need to be good at preaching and all that but i think this quote really hit hard because not everyone's going to be an amazing preacher so this quote by dale moody like after reading scriptures and coming to realize this one like sat nicely it it says i'd rather be able to pray than to be a great preacher jesus christ never taught his disciples how to preach but only how to pray sure so like Guys, we're not all going to be phenomenal preachers. Hmm. But as long as we can pray and spend time with Jesus, that's all that matters because yeah. Jesus taught us how to pray. He didn't teach us how to preach. Mm. That's good. So as long as we keep in connection with, with Jesus, we are going to be able to spread his word. We're going to yeah. be able to tell people about the gospel. Mm. Not everyone is a preacher like we know preachers to be. Yeah. Preaching is also talking about the gospel to some random person. <laughs> that's good. So I think... Yeah, that that as long as we are able to stay in connection with Jesus and yeah. with God, we'll be fine. We'll be able to to do what we need to do. We'll be able to speak what we'll, what we need to speak. Amen, brother. Yeah. Well, Seb, thank you so much. I really hope that um, even as you read this book, uh, you will learn how to preach well. And I think at the end of the day, guys, if you're listening to this and maybe thinking, you didn't tell me how to pray the perfect sermon in five simple steps, or well, just do what Annie Sandy did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, I think just to say, uh, if you are a person who, who preaches or presents the word of God to people through talks or shorts, short little sermons, or even long sermons, 40 minutes, mm. um, I think it is really important just to remember that it is God's word that we are handling, and there is such a responsibility in that. And then to remember that it's um, we're packaging this for God's people yes. who are made in His image and who the Holy Spirit has made His home in them. And so we need to just remember like it's a, it's a wonderful calling and it's a wonderful thing. And so like I think it's good for us to be reading books on how to be better preachers. They are, it's really good for us to look at how can we communicate more effectively and how do I sharpen my sermons? How do I oh. tell that story a little bit better to illustrate the point of the uh, of the gospel of the text? Um, yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing, and it's a thing to take very seriously. So read the books, do some research online, and uh, Seb, I look forward to hearing what you say about the book from Tim Keller. Yeah, I'm excited to read it. I think I saw it. I don't know where I saw it, but I just saw it, and I was like, I want to read that. Is this the one you've been asking me about? Yes. But I lied to you. Because remember you said, do I have it on my bookshelf? Yes. And I said, I don't know, I need to check at home. This was yes. on my work bookshelf. Where on your work bookshelf? The top shelf, which I feel like you should see because you're a very tall <laughs> man. Yeah, because when I was prep prepping for this like, yeah. last week, I was looking at like what books I have on preaching. I was like, oh, I've got Tim Keller's book on preaching. And I'm, like, I'm sure Seb was asking <laughs> me for that one. <laughs> yeah, so that's the book, yeah. So um, I'm going to give that a read. I'm excited as well. 
Good, man. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, sorry about darkness and ESCOM and all the cool things. But anyways, yeah. have a good week. Have a good one. Much love. Much love. Cheers. Bye. Bye.